Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Content warning. Check the show notes for more information. It's January 23rd, 971, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. The military of the early Song Dynasty became the dominant force in China through innovative tactics such as defending supply lines across floating pontoon bridges which led to huge success in battle. But one of their greatest achievements came today in history in 971 when, using a mass of arrow fire from crossbowmen, Song forces were able to defeat the renowned War Elephant Corps of the Southern Han, thus terminating the first and last Elephant Corps to make up a regular division within a Chinese army. Yeah, the Song forces were marching through the Southern Han, which was one of the 10 kingdoms in China at the time. And this was pretty much the final engagement of the campaign. And it took place in the vicinity of the present day city of Shaoguan uh, in Guangdong province. And the Song troops, they were being led by their crack general Pan Mei, came across the Han army that was supposedly 100,000 strong, blocking a mountain pass they needed to cross through to reach the Han capital. So the Southern Han army corps of 17 war elephants had been their race in the whole as they had expanded their own territory but they had met their match in the form of crossbows. Crossbows had been around in China for well over a millennium at this point, but they were the jewel in the crown of the Song military, who had used the latest technology to fine-tune them to deadly levels of power and accuracy. And their crossbowmen were organised into their own elite units, separate from the infantry, and this concentrated rain of arrows caused, I'm going to say it, pachyderm pandemonium uh, the <laughs> elephants stampeded back into their own lines trampling the southern hand troops and this defeat pretty much killed the tradition of war elephants in china as they were no match for these mass-produced crossbows it's a little bit reminiscent of how world war one killed the cavalry charge but this practice of elephant warfare wasn't just chinese and it wasn't even originated in this era it goes even further back they're in the ramayana elephants uh, you know, the Indian text from the 5th century BC. Uh, they made their way to Africa with the Carthaginians when they used them against the Romans in the Punic Wars. We know that because we get that image of Hannibal charging through the Alps on elephant back, which is probably mm-hmm. the most famous image of elephants in war. So what's going on? Why did people ever use elephants in war? They could go at 18 miles per hour in a charge, um, but, you know, so can a horse. The point is the chaos that's caused, I guess. And as you said, Rebecca, this came back to haunt the Han on this day, (laughs) but the chaos charging into your enemy must have been a devastating psychological tactic. And it's an early tank, basically, isn't it? The elephant carries your equipment, it tramples over the enemy, but more than that, it just completely intimidates them, especially if they've never seen one before. 
Though, actually, they weren't terribly uh, frequently deployed in China. There's only uh, two instances of their employment in military operations before the 10th century. The first was when uh, the maritime state of the Wu attacked the Chu in 506 BC. And then the second was at the Battle of Qiangling in December of 554, when two armored elephants carrying towers guided by Malayan slaves and armed with swords lashed to their trunks were sent against the army of the Western Way by the Lang defenders of the city. I mean, it's, it's astonishing to think of how elephants were deployed. They weren't just kind of uh, attackers in their own right, but often they had then platforms put on their backs from which other people could also attack. Yeah, I mean, they weren't just used to trample blindly through enemy lines. As you say, a good war elephant would also use his trunk and tusks to batter and gore the enemy, and they could be pimped up with armour and steel tips on their tusks. Yeah, full body armour as well. You can see some in museums, can't you? It's like mm. I mean, it's elaborate and detailed and intense. Yeah, though, you know, as you mentioned, they could also carry people on their backs. They could carry troops into battle, almost like paratroopers. Uh, they could act as a vantage point for sharpshooting archers, sometimes shielded in a little heart. Like a tank, they could also cover the advance of battalions behind them. But unfortunately, unlike a tank, they didn't come with, you know, a gear stick and a brake. Uh, they were obviously, <laughs> as we've seen from what happened on this day in history, they were an extremely volatile weapon. And there are countless examples of spooked elephants trampling their own side. I mean, attempts could be made to control them the the riders would sometimes use almost like reins that would be hooks rooted into the elephant's famously thick skin to try and steer them but that wasn't guaranteed and it was also commonplace for the elephant driver to carry a sword which he could plunge into its neck to sever its spinal cord in the event that it went berserk you know almost like a self-destruct button yeah some vocabulary for you Uh, elephantry is the military term for this style of combat so that's a good word to cut out and keep in your top (laughs) pocket for trivia emergencies Uh, the keepers that you're describing there the drivers if you like are called mahout and yes if the elephant panicked and began attacking his own troops then the mahout could try and kill him by basically thrusting a chisel into his head but you really wouldn't want to do that because of the investment involved Uh, Mm. elephants had to be captured from the wild because there were no captivity-based breeding programs for armies on the move. And you had to wait until the elephant was decades old before it reached prime fighting condition. And there was a sort of myth at the time that 60 was the ultimate age for a fighting elephant. I mean, actually, now we know more about elephant lives. That's a bit old for an elephant, but that's what people thought was the best age for an elephant. And the other reason why they were often captured rather than bred to be used in war was economic. You know, an elephant from birth requires over 150 kilos of food per day, as well as huge amounts of water and medical care to survive in captivity. So it just wasn't practical for a lot of different cultures to uh, even keep elephants. And that's also why while they spread around the world, they sort of didn't take off in areas where they weren't naturally abundant. Yeah, the first contacting Europeans and elephant using armies, elephant trees, I suppose, uh, was the Battle of Galgamela in 331 BC between Alexander the Great and the Persian King Darius III. When he encountered the same army again a few years later, this time he was prepared and Alexander ordered his javelin throwers to pelt the beasts while axemen struck at their legs. Pretty gruesome. He succeeded in capturing plenty of the elephants, which he incorporated into his army. And when he died, they ended up spread across different kingdoms in the Mediterranean and North Africa. And when the Romans first encountered them in 280 BC among the invading army of the Greek king Pyrrhus, 
Pyrrhus had borrowed them from Ptolemy II of Egypt, whose father had been one of Alexander's generals. So this was, like you say, famously elephants living a long time. These same elephants that Alexander had captured and distributed were showing up again, this time against the Romans. They've only actually ever been five war elephants. They just keep showing up through <laughs> history. <laughs> so how do you retaliate if your village is about to be besieged by some war elephants? <laughs> Why with war pigs, of course. Um, elephants are frightened of pig noise uh, animal cruelty warning coming up um, <laughs> so if you were expecting that you might be confronted by enemy elephants one of the things you could do is bring pigs coat them in tar and resin and oil and set them on fire before dispatching them towards the enemy elephants and then the squealing of the pigs would send the elephants running away. Some other ideas, this is courtesy of the Romans when they encountered Pyrrhus's elephants at the Battle of Asculum. They had prepared 300 anti-elephant wagons. These were armed with spikes, swinging sighs and grappling hooks which they dipped in pitch and set alight and then threw at the elephants. That doesn't smell as nice as a burning pig. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, it's obviously it all sounds so gruesome and cruel, but if you are faced with the prospect of being trampled by an elephant, I think you probably yeah. wouldn't stop at anything. I think it's fair to say most war in this period was pretty gruesome and cruel. And it was the development of gunpowder and munitions that sealed the fate of the war elephant across the world. A few bullets are nothing to an elephant, um, but cannons, shells and mortars are a very different story. So the last known use of elephants as a weapon appears to be the Battle of Danube in 1825, part of the first Anglo-Burmese war. The Burmese general Mahabandula deployed 17 war elephants against British colonial troops who unfortunately had artillery. 17 is a big force though, isn't it? I mean, that's really bringing that's quite, out everything you got. Quite a lot of elephants. Yes, Although of elephants. the 4th century BC Indian emperor Chandragupta Maurya was said to have had 9,000. So, um, <laughs> so uh, General Sir Archibald Campbell described the scene, he said, of his troops. They acquitted themselves handsomely, mixing boldly with the elephants. They shot their riders off their backs and drove the whole back into the fort. So, I mean, it's an amazing thing to imagine 1825 elephants being deployed against the British imperial forces, you know, with the latest in modern weaponry. But you see, but they knew that there was gunpowder coming, didn't they, the Burmese? The point is they carried on using them into the gunpowder era because of that psychological impact, right? I mean, that's the thing. Like, obviously, Brits had seen elephants before, but not probably hadn't seen one in person. And, you know, it's like... When we talked in our episode The Flying Artilleryman about the first time you saw a bomb dropping from a plane, if you didn't know what that was, and the awesome power of that to shock, it's that, isn't it? It's like, it would be like being attacked by drone now. Yeah, it's like why riot police continue to have uh, horses at their disposal, because they're big, intimidating animals. But even when military elephants per se were retired, they kept showing up on the battlefield into the 20th century and even found non-combat roles in the Second World War, doing the kinds of tasks that were difficult for like motor vehicles to do, because elephants can be comparatively agile. And even during the Vietnam War, elephants were employed, but their use by US personnel was discouraged basically for conservation reasons they were like these are endangered I don't know that we should really be taking them where we're also dropping napalm well we know that they were used in the Vietnam War because that's what the Black Sabbath song War Pigs is about (laughs) tomorrow boys by god I believe I found a gold mine (laughs) ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. 
Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.